What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Season 3 of Melanated Memos. I'm your host, Camille. Today, our topic will be colorism, so we're just going to go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Kamari Dawson, and I'm a sophomore at Bria College. Hi, folks. Uh, it's Ryan, Ryan again. Happy to be back for Season 3. Excited about the topic that we got for today. Hey guys, my name is Sabrina Achampong. I am a junior here at Berea College, and it's my first time. I'm excited to see what we get into today. All right, so just to start everything off, what do you guys think of when you hear colorism, and what um, experiences in your own life or others have informed this? Okay, so the first thing that comes to mind when I think of colorism is I envision a scale of brown from light skin to dark skin. And um, I instantly think of uh, today's day and how, you know, lighter colors are preferred over darker colors or the stigmas that are attached to each shade of color. Um, so that's what comes to mind. I agree with you, Sabrina. I also kind of see something a little bit different I see it as kind of like labels to put people in boxes. And if you don't fit those labels, then you're kind of seen as different or weird per se. And I also associate colorism with certain privileges or disadvantages that people may have. Excuse me. Um, I think um, <clears throat> when I uh, think about colorism, um, I definitely just understand it to be, you know, just... Um, innate prejudice uh, amongst people, uh, mostly just us as black people that we just, you know, just having, we just don't like people either darker or lighter than us, um, depending on who you are and what kind of skin tone you are. Um, I will say that I'm somewhere of that myself. Like I don't, I say all the time, I don't fool with light skins, dudes. I don't fool with light skinned dudes, uh, pretty much. Um, and really, you know, what it is. Um, I've just had a bad experience with them. But I think also about it's about experience with people. So like, um, I don't really think I think color is, is about experience. So like, let's say you had a bad experience with a dark skinned person, now you automatically think that um, that all dark skinned people are the same, and you don't want to fool with them like that. Or uh, it could be something that you learn. So like, your family could hate a particular skin tone than others, or they see themselves as more superior based on how they look and stuff compared to other people. So that's like what I think about when I get to colorism and stuff. Yeah, I agree with all y'all. I say a lot of my experiences of colorism have just been informed by how I saw people who were treated who were darker. And also, I guess like for me, since I'm a little bit lighter skin, uh, a lot of people just assumed that I thought I was better than them or, you know, like treating me sometimes like I was better than other darker skinned people. Um, so I'd say that's how a lot of my experiences were informed by just treating me better because of my light skin. Have y'all ever had the, have y'all ever pretty much been subject to colorism before? So like, have y'all felt like you play into that stereotype that one skin tone is better than the other one? Like, have you caught yourself doing that? Like, what happened? Um, essentially, like, how did you get out of it? You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Yeah, so I definitely feel like I have. So I'm actually from Atlanta. 
which is a very culturally diverse place, but there's a lot of black people where I'm at. And that's where I've probably in, like endured the most bullying because, you know, black people, we like to joke with each other, but then sometimes it can be taken too far. So like being African already was something. Um, so because of my skin tone, of course, they'd call me like, you know, gorilla, monkey, African booty scratcher, certain things like that. And I was always picked on for being darker. And I'd be looking at myself like, I am not that dark. Honestly speaking, like not saying that, <laughs> not saying that like being dark is a thing, but it's just like, it shouldn't. At the moment, it was seen like the darker you are, the dirtier you are. And like, okay, let me say my one experience that I encountered in high school was that I was talking to a friend. He was white. And um, I had asked him if he washed his hands. And I, you know, jokingly, I was like, oh, you dirty monster. And he was like, really? Am I dirty with that skin tone? Mm, damn. And boy, I said... Well, you know, and I had never really had a racist encounter that was so blatant in my face, and he was a friend too. So it was like, how the heck do you even like go about that? So are you like internally racist, and it's finally coming to the surface? Or <laughs> so that was that was one that was really just thrown into my face. <laughs> we can be friends on that, my man. You, I mean, you got to fight, and that's gonna be the end of this. <laughs> exactly. So I admit, when I was younger. Um, I wasn't the nicest towards darker skinned people. I didn't just outwardly bully them. I'm nice to everybody. But like my cousins, I'd be like, tee black attack, tee she's really dark. Like it's really immature, <laughs> but we were kids. And now of course I know better. I would never do that. And I guess I've been kind of affected by it, by me having, I guess, an inconsistent skin tone. Sometimes people call me yellow. Sometimes people call me red. Sometimes people call me brown. So I guess I have privileges when it comes to the aspect of that. Cause like in eyes of teachers, um, sometimes I'd be the only black student in my classes and I wasn't a dark skinned person. So they're like, oh, you know, you're one of the good ones. You're one of the smart ones. And as a kid, they're like, oh, thanks. But looking back at it, you're like, hey, that's not okay to say that's pretty racist. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like for me, my experiences with colorism were similar to Sabrina's. So like always being in class, it was always like, I don't know. I heard someone say this the other day in my Black Power class. So they were talking about how they feel like now being dark skinned is popular, but back in the day, it was not popular at all. And so, like, when I was in high school, everybody who was like, I don't know, the color of this table, so like brown skin, I guess, everybody was like African booty scratchers, like Nigerian grass eaters, and Dang. all kinds Dang. of stuff. Like, <laughs> It'd be, it'd be like two dark-skinned people going at each other. Like, I remember that's yeah. the first time I heard that. It was like one of my friends and my, one of my other friends, they were like, they were like, shut up, you grass, you do you African booty scratch. And I was like, dang, like, they were like off the coast of Nigeria. And I was no. like, what? Like, they didn't even have their geography right. But I was like, dang, that is crazy. That's the first time, like, it was always the dark-skinned people insulting the other dark-skinned people. Or it was like, if someone cut off the lights, they'd be like, where'd Jamal go? And I'd be like, dang, bro. Oh. <laughs> like, this small, you can only see their teeth? Yeah. Oh, oh no. My, my brother is much darker. He's really dark, like really dark. And he only gets, it gets worse because he was in the army and stuff. So he got even darker for being like in basic training and everything. And boy, I used to go in on him. Man. <laughs> oh, I used to go in on that man. I. I always used to go in on that dude, but I used to cut out the lights when he was in. I was like, damn, Jerry, where you went? My boy? Like, I can't see nothing. He'd be talking. 
I'm like, man, I don't even know who said that because I don't see them. Like, you know, I would, yeah. I just go in on this man. Like, oh my God, so bad. It was so bad. And, you know, I still go in on him still because he got my nerves anyway. So, yeah. you know, but that's just like family feuding and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, but I was like, I was very much like a color. When I was a child, I was real big colored. I was like, yeah, I don't think I ever dated a dark skinned person. I don't mm-hmm. know if I could do it mm-hmm. uh, type thing. And I think that's just because, like, I was, I was raised. I was raised in like predominantly black schools and all that stuff. So like being dark skinned was seen as bad or humiliating and all that stuff. And I think I more so did it because I was afraid of what others would say me dating a dark skinned mm-hmm. person. And I don't know how many times I had to be fighting for somebody cracking on my girlfriend for being dark. I don't know how many times I had to fight mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, to save myself grace and like having to whoop somebody mm-hmm. out and stuff like that, I'm just gonna stay away from dark skins right now. But now, you know, over the years I've dated many different shades of colors um that sounded so bad um different, <laughs> sh- different shades of people and so like you know i've dated a lot of dark skin and something i find now that i've dated more dark skin i've dated other mm-hmm. skin tones and so um but yeah and it was like i think that was one of the big was like i think socially i was just like i'm not mm-hmm. gonna fool with dark skin because i don't have time to be having to argue with folks about like why you dating this dark skin person you know what i'm saying then i had a lot of light-skinned girls in my class too and most of them, like jealous when the dude mess with the dark skin, like they get rid of like why you messing with her that little darky over there. I'm like, damn, baby, damn. like you calm down, chill out. Like you ain't even that cute. Now calm down. <laughs> yeah. Hold up. Like you know what I'm saying? So like it was it was like that. And I don't think I could have handled that situation being that young. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's one of those things that like, you know, I don't mind. I don't care yeah. about that stuff. And you know, I had to grow out of that. And I think that's what one of the other things, like when we see that uh people are so hooked on like hating dark skins mm-hmm. and all that stuff. That's the reason why they don't like them. Now more days I see more people hating on light skins. Yeah. Which is very understandable because most light skins <laughs> What's understandable? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be real with y'all. Most light skins are terrible people. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what? I don't know who you be talking Not to. Not all of y'all, but most of y'all are really terrible folk. Like for real. And I'm talking about <laughs> like the real light skin, like like I'm not talking about like you know the ones that could pass off look like like brown skin. I'm talking about real light skin people. Is, like it's so t- like they t- so t- the no. light skin slander. No. See, wait a see, see, it's a difference also because also about location wise. Like, like for where y'all from, y'all are considered somewhat light skin. Where I'm from, y'all would not be considered as light. Y'all would still be somewhat dark, like brown skin. To some people, yeah. like some people still find y'all brown skin. They wouldn't find y'all light. Skin. Or they have to call y'all red. Like they would call they call y'all red skin. They would call you like brown skin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But in terms like light skin, like you gotta be really, really like you gotta be like white passing to be. Yeah, I was gonna say much. that, like, but I didn't want to say. Yeah, 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 whatever. But you gotta be like white passing to be the light skin. And so like those, those folks, we don't fool those folks because most of them bougie. Because those are the ones that started the whole hating dark skin people. And so and, and I learned later like it was because they were jealous of the dark skin people. Because you know the sayings like you know dark the bear, sweet the juice type deal. You know. True. Um, how African people are more beautiful than everybody else. Oh. In the, you know what I'm saying? Like, so they were jealous that they didn't get to have, they didn't get seen as like black because they wasn't mm-hmm. dark enough and stuff like that. So like, it was it was a, it was a identity crisis for them. But they grew up trying to put down dark skinned people to build themselves up so they could feel mm-hmm. proud about them being light skinned and stuff. And so like, and that and that's just for me having light skinned friends telling me like mm-hmm. I was jealous of being light skin like i didn't want to be light skin because everybody kept calling me white type deal so I'm like so you so you put down somebody else for being the skin tone but now you 
I hate your skin tone. Like, you know, so it was just like, a, it was a yeah. hateful thing. So like, it was, it's real, it's real deep rooted in uh, us. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know why folks just like, I don't know what was their reasoning. Like, I understand, I guess, like, you know, being self-conscious about your own like your own skin tone that you got to put down someone else's skin tone to feel better about yourself but it's just like if you just let it be you know what i'm saying because now we don't fool with y'all because we think y'all bullies but now it's so it's just uh, kind of it backfired on <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah oh did you want to say something oh no i don't have anything really yeah i was going to say like with me growing up a lot of the books that my parents read were all like afrocentric and like they talked about different black people and like all their different skin tones it's like, I have the book in my room, I think, but it's this book that shows, like, it's real photography of kids, but it shows, like, the kids, like, the really light-skinned ones, like, Miss Gamble will be holding, like, ice cream cone, and they'll be like, my skin's like this, and then, like, the brown-skinned ones will have, like, pretzels or something like that, and they'll be like, my skin's like this, and the whole book is about, like, we all look different, but we're all still, like, black, and stuff like that, and then I'm done, but then, like, yeah. But it also talks about, what do you call it, like, different textures, too. So, like, some of the kids will have, like, grass because their hair is really straight. Some of the kids had, like, ropes because their hair was really kinky, you know, and stuff like that. But I do realize, like, growing up, I also feel like there's tropes of, like, colorism in TV because, like, a lot of times, like, the dark-skinned friend is usually, like, the sidekick to the light-skinned friend. And then sometimes, like, like in the Proud family, for instance, yeah. Penny Proud or Dijonet or whatever, like, Penny Proud, I think a lot of times, like, with colorism, light-skinned people are seen as more, like, feminine because, like, Eurocentric beauty standards. So, like, Penny was, like... And Penny was conniving, bro. Like, I saw that when I got older, like... Yeah. And then Dijonet was, like... I don't know, but how it was growing up, Dijonet seemed, like, the less desirable one also because she was bigger. Which, yeah. You can, you can tell by the name Dijonet and then Penny, like, of yeah. course, the light-skinned girl... Got the nice little white girl. Oh, hey, my name's Penny. And then her best friend. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm Dijonet. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, and I think, like, a lot of times, like, in the show, Penny was conniving while Dijonet, I mean, Dijonet had her own stuff going on, but sometimes she did support Penny or whatever because she was dark-skinned and, like, next, next month, I'm going to be talking about fat phobia, but also she was bigger. And so I feel like those tropes, like, fat phobia, anti-blackness, were, like, perpetuated throughout the whole show. And then, like, what were those people's names? It was the three sisters. The like, girl sisters? Yes! They How? were... They were, <laughs> they were blue. They were blue because their parents were too poor to afford lotion. <laughs> like, they were blue because their parents were too poor to afford lotion. So, like, the whole show was, like, I don't know, just perpetuating all this stuff about, like, black people and, like colorism but i definitely feel like that was one of the most apparent shows where like colorism was kind of played into mm -hmm. in a way or whatever because like dj and the gross sisters were always like the thieving hood like you Sheesh. know Carlos. yeah can i say something to what you said Ryan? so i feel like we play into it the the like the beef between light skin and dark skin because there was that whole light skin thing where you had to like you know put your hand on your face and do that light skin oh, face yeah. and then you know like certain things that we do we play into it and then the stigmas that are also attached to it i'm really glad that you said like that light skins are more like what is it like they yeah, desirable. yeah more yeah. desirable more feminine because then <laughs> they pose the black woman with the natural hair the natural kinky afro to be the mad black woman and like it sucks because me coming to college in a predominantly white area like, for me, like, I don't see myself 
like I don't put my bring myself forth as a black person. I'm just like a person and then I'm black, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. so whenever like people would like act a certain way as if I'm gonna pop off, I'm like, where are y'all getting this from? Like I'm me, I'm not a mad black woman. So I don't I don't know why you would expect me to like pop off. That's not something I would like, I'm not a pop-off type person. So I was like, shoot, you know, I could use this to my advantage, but I'm not going to because I'm gonna show you that I'm better than what you think I am. So I try not to play into that, you know, like the colorism stuff. Not gonna lie, if you're down the streets of Atlanta, you know, you roasted a little some some, it might come out. But for the most part, I try to be respectful. But you know, it happens. So mm-hmm. I like I said, I'm definitely somewhat of a colorist. I just it's the way I was raised in Birmingham, just being like that. And just based on my experience, I am somewhat of a colorist, I would say. And it's not is is terrible when I say that because it does sound bad like I'm a colorist type deal. But you know. You know, at the end of the day, like, it is what it is. I, you know, I have had good experience with every skin tone mm-hmm. of the black race or whatever, but I've also had really bad experience with most of them. So some of them I choose not to really fool with most of the time. So some food, some are really conscious, really cautious around and stuff, and others I'm just free more talking with them and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, it, you know, it's the thing. It's, and, you know, yeah. some point I'm going to go out of it, maybe, possibly, who knows, it depends or whatever. But for the most part, you know, for now, it's just like, is it what it is? We're gonna let it go. But my question to you, <laughs> this is so bad. What was the dark skinned people holding up in that book? What book? Oh, oh, you mean like yeah. for their skin tone? Yeah. Uh it depended because there were like brown skinned people right. and then there were like darker skinned people. Right. So, so like, it was the darker skinned people Um, some of them were holding up like Hershey bars or uh like one girl, I don't know, her skin tone was like well she I think she was African right. or whatever. So her skin tone was like they have more of like a blue tone or whatever. So then she had licorice in her hand. So it yeah, just that's, depended. That's a terrible comparison right there. Terrible comparison. Yeah, like purple licorice. <laughs> oh, oh. It was by a black photographer. So what? I'm so weak. I'm glad it wasn't cold because that's what I was thinking. Like, was they holding up cold oh, no. in the book? Because oh, no. that would have been <laughs> hell. <laughs> I was like, what? My parents would not Yeah, I got to get rid of that book, boy. You got to get rid of that book right there. Because they had cold mm-hmm. up there. I'm like, I'm like, I've been so, I'm like, y'all terrible people, bro. I've been, I've been laughing so hard. No, I'm like, sorry. see, look, this is the book. So, <clears> oh, this time she holding the rocks. Looks, oh, that rock. It's from like 2008. Yeah. So, like, for her eyes, oh, they were like amber. So okay. then she held oh, the rocks. Okay. Oh, okay. Like okay. the shade of brown. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, like, they had ones for like different colors, eyes. Mm-hmm. So, like, one boy had blue eyes. So, he was holding up like blue rocks. So, it did like eyes, skin tone, and hair texture to show like all the people because there were some black people in there who looked Hispanic or whatever, mm-hmm. like white passing Hispanic. So, it was showing like all black people look differently, but you know, yeah. they were all black. Right. Mm-hmm. Have y'all heard of? Have y'all heard of like this? I don't know if it's a theory or if it's just a thing that like the reason why there's so much like trouble between the light skin community and the darker skin community is because like you know back in like slavery times, mm-hmm. lighter mm-hmm. skins were inside and darker skins were outside, yeah. and so there was that whole you know I'm inside with the AC and you know mm-hmm. I don't have to be in the hot sun and da 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 da. Like, that kind of just, like, blows my mind because, like, as a people, we were all, like, oppressed. And so I don't see how division should have come from that division. Um, But I do appreciate the fact that we're moving forward with that. Like, now we have more media that are showing, like, you know, now black is popping. I'm like, shoot, when I was an African booty scratcher and I had some big lips, it wasn't popping then. But now, y'all like it. And, yeah, I don't have to pay for lip surgery. So my lips are juicy by force. So... Yeah, it is what it is now, but black is beautiful. 
Yeah, I think that plays a lot into like futurism. And I don't know if you guys have seen um, School Days, Spike Lee's movie, but like there's this clip where it's basically like his sister is in the movie, but it's a whole clip where it's like the wannabes, and this is so outdated, but the wannabes and the jigaboos. So basically, <laughs> basically, like all the light skinned women in the movie, like Tisha Campbell from Martin or whatever, like they all have um, W's on their shirt. Because in the movie, they called them the wannabes. And then all the dark-skinned people have J's on their shirts, so like, just like the Jigaboos. So they basically do this whole like skit where it's like, they're talking about good and bad hair and calling each other wannabes mm. and Jigaboos or whatever. And now it's in the National um, Library of Congress or whatever with some of his other films. But basically, I feel like that clip was so innovative for his time because this was like in the 1980s. But he was talking about texturism, colorism, featureism, like the whole movie was about that basically. And it was a movie centered on like Greek life, but it talked a lot about like, you know, like all the people basically like Tisha Campbell's character thought that uh, all the darker skinned black women were trying to steal her man. Oh. And then they were like, girl, that's not even your real hair. Like, you know, like, oh. <laughs> but it was a really good clip for that time just to point out some of these issues I feel like. Cause a lot of times like in the 1980s, I don't know, people weren't really talking about that as much as they do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm done. Not the butt. <laughs> that only thing I remember the movie for real, because I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Song? The butt. The it butt. was a song called "Do It Do in the, the butt. butt." It was t- <laughs> it was <laughs> terrible choice. I don't know what. <laughs> what? It's like a line dance. Like. Yeah, it's basically it's a lot like they it's. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what it is. I don't know what these old people was on. I don't know why they be talking about I music these days. Because, boy, I'm telling you, like, I don't know what the fuck. The song is very provocative. You got to listen to it. It's, ter- it's terrible. It's crazy. Terrible. It's terrible. Uh, but anyway, back to your point, though, Sabrina. I think, like, it was, <clears throat> I think that whole house slave mentality crap was, it's really crazy because we really think about, like, y'all was in the house getting raped. We was out of the field picking time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were getting whipped and all this stuff, but y'all was having these people babies. Like, y'all was y'all was really going through it way more than we were. Like, we didn't have to be, you know what I'm saying? We didn't have to be subject to having these white dudes babies and being reminded that we got raped and all that stuff. We just had to be whipped and stuff. Like, yeah, we had whips and all that stuff, but it that healed. You, that psychological. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Let's not compare the level of because wounds saying. go down like generational it's, it's, lines. I know it's yeah. it's terrible yeah, when you think about it. But again, like I said, it's just the reasoning behind it just don't make sense to me. Cause like we were all struggling out there. But if it was up to me, I would be in the field. I'm just gonna say that I would have been. Ryan, I just hope you know what I'm saying. I don't Kelsey, you know what I'm saying. I love your honesty, though. Honestly, I really do love your honesty. Only thing I'll say is, ooh, when it comes to like that oppression, it's like. The people who are outside, I think they endured a lot of mental, but physical, um, like oppression. And then those who are inside, although it, it was physical, it was very much physical, but it was also emotional, spiritual, psychological. Because now, like, I'm being impregnated by you who hate me, so you're inserting hate into me, and now I'm having this baby that is half of me and half of you. And not only is it carried on, but that baby's gonna have babies. And it's just like it's if a the housewife. If the wife found out that you had a baby by this man. Oh, you did. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. If we all going through it, my goodness. We all, we all going through it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I read this book. It was talking about, I think it's called, like, white, white skin and brown tears or white tears and brown skin or something. But it talked about, like, the history of white women's tears and how they've been so detrimental to white people. I mean, black people. 
And so basically, it was talking about during slavery, not only were like white men perpetuating most of the violence, but it was white women too, and how they can't just be like removed from it, like they didn't do anything, because it was talking about a lot of the times like the white woman, the wife felt threatened. And so, you know, if her husband was doing stuff with black women or like raping them, or some people even had like sensual relationships, I guess. But uh, it was talking about how the white wife would get upset and then she put the woman through, you know, a lot of, I guess, brutality. Yeah, because her husband was interacting with them. Yeah. And so it just makes you think, like, in my own family on um, my dad's side, like, it was this thing where, um, like, that'd be my great grand. Yeah. So my great granddad basically was a white man, but he was interacting with black women. So it was like my grandma growing up, some of her siblings were like as light as Miss Gamble. And then she was the dark one of the family. Mm. So her siblings made fun of her for years. And they were just like, I kind of saw it happen at a family reunion. So oh my, my grandma was like there, all of us were there, you know. And her sister got up and just started bragging about her dad. And her dad was a white man, mm-hmm. which my they all had the same dad. But she was like, my father did blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. And she talked about her light-skinned family forever. My grandpa was like, we're leaving. I'm not like, listen to this. Yeah. You know? And so I really saw, like, colorism kind of take place. And I'd never seen that really happen before. But, like, mm-hmm. my grandma talking about how, like, growing up, everybody made fun of her because she was the darkest one. Mm-hmm. And all of them were light-skinned. They could pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Kamara, I know you had another point too about uh, Serena Williams and what's the face, right? Thanks. Oh yeah. yeah, so I wanted to get to that. So yeah, typically in the media, we it's hard to kind of see darker skinned women be characterized as feminine. Mm-hmm. And some notable examples are Megan Thee Stallion, who's actually very hypersexual if you think about it. So I don't think she should have a problem being seen as feminine, but for some reason, People still say, oh, that's a man. She's a man. Same thing with Michelle Obama. When she first became first lady, a lot of like tabloids and news sources were comparing her to a man, calling her a man. And we've also seen this just perpetrated lots of times in the media with those people, for example. And I've even seen it in my own community. We had this girl growing up. I'm going to change her name. So her name is, uh, let's call her Shania, right? But they call her Man Naya because she was she was an athlete, so she ran track and she was dark skinned. So they're like, oh, she's a man, ha ha ha. And it just sucks because it's like it's perpetrating the idea that darker skinned people are more masculine and that lighter skinned people are more feminine. And we've seen the memes like, oh, light skins be like we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. And like the darker skinned people do it a normal quote unquote way to societal standards. And then the lighter skinned person is overly effeminate or arching his back or something like that, or just being not quote unquote masculine to societal standards. And lighter skinned is praised in women. Well, at least nowadays, like in 2022, it's praised in women, but kind of the opposite of praised in men. Mm-hmm. And darker skinned is praised in men and the opposite in women. Yeah. yeah. Let me I just talk about those dark skin men on Instagram that they have. <laughs> some okay, wait, wait, okay. <laughs> Before this turns into a lustful conversation, let me just say <laughs> no because, like, in the past summers, all you see on Instagram are these nice chocolate men with, like, let's say, oil on their bodies, shirts off at the beach, <laughs> and then hold up, you gotta have the full beard, 
Oh, you gotta have the wave. Mm-hmm. You gotta have what's it called? The turtleneck with the with the cross, like the those. Jesus cross. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be looking fresh. Boy. That's literally been what is it called? Like the trend nowadays. And it was like they've always been this good looking. Why are you guys now seeing it? First, it was like the light skinned guys that are all up in the camera with their head hats turned sideways and hazel eyes. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. If you follow the trend, you'll get lost in something. But yeah, the dark skinned men are beautiful. That's what I'm yeah. gonna say. And I feel like for me. I always wanted to be, I guess, like, for me, like, my preference, I always, like, and this is not supposed to sound bad, but I always prefer dark-skinned men more. You know, I really didn't look at, like, not that light-skinned men with hazel eyes were bad or anything, but they just weren't my type. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted dark-skinned, I wanted to be with dark-skinned men, you know, like, I really liked them. That's who I was attracted to. I want to have beautiful babies, like, you know, and not just, like, a... I don't know. I didn't really care about my babies having good hair because I feel like oh also gosh. one thing that I see. I'm about to have to cut this out because it's about it, so I'm gonna have to start over. But one thing that I did see is that like people would be like, "Oh yeah, I'm just gonna get with the light skinned man so that I can have some babies with good hair." But like, hair texture doesn't belong to a certain skin tone. Mm-hmm. Like, and then so that's why I'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Like, I see some dark skinned people with my hair texture. I've seen some light skinned people with 4C hair texture. So, like, I'm really, like, okay. I mean, like, I hate it growing up because my parents would say Mm. all the time, they'd be like, you don't really need to brush your hair because you got good hair. And I'm like, I was like, um, so are you saying that my cousins don't? They were like, no, but you just don't have to do anything to yours. I'm like, mine takes a lot of work. But, like, when I started my locks, I found like my hair became kinkier. And so then my mom was like, Did you just get locks? You didn't have to do anything. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I do. I wake up every day. I have to do something every single day. Like, so I found that offensive, but that is how it seemed like texturism kind of employs itself with like colorism. So uh, I would I would like to speak about that. So I think um, I have a couple have actually a couple points. Um number one, I understand the whole um uh, feminism for dark skin versus light skin people. I also think that it also plays part in that it's about the physique of those women. So, like, mm. um, Sweden women is more of a built uh, mm-hmm. female, but you know, like, it also just based on preference. Most people do it based on preference. Like, they wouldn't want a woman that has more muscle tone than they would. Mm. And so that's what kind of plays into that idea. More athletic women are not more seen desirable. But, you know, I like Latone. I like Latone female. Okay. You know, you know look, it looked nice having Latone female, you know, not having to worry about, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, um, but I was like, girl, with curves, you know, it just is what it is. But a tone female is not, as, is not supposed to be seen as less beautiful. And I think that also plays well into it. Um, but as far as, like, the light skin, supposed to be more feminine in terms of the dark skin. That is true most of the time. I think I've seen it. And Birmingham is definitely one of those things where, like, we don't, uh, we think that <clears throat> most dark skins are more, like, masculine, more like, and I think that's just because more dark skins are more, um, more like to express themselves more than it would be the uh, light-skinned people. And it really depends on how petite you are, too, mm. um, that plays into it. So, like, mm-hmm. body take, body tone and body shape plays a huge part in how most people see the idea of feminine versus masculine mm-hmm. in terms of female. As far as dudes, I understand the whole I would want a dark skin um, 
trope, whatever, because light skin is a trash. Light skin dudes are trash. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Yes, I can. So, I just, it, look, I just, so like, okay, let me let me rephrase this. It. Most light skin dudes are trash. And so, that's not better. Uh, it is. <laughs> there still leaves a small amount that aren't trash, but I, in my experience, light skin dudes have always been the trashier skin tone guys. And the reason <laughs> that's and the reason that's been is because it has been the part of like um the old idea of like bullying has leaded up to like dark skin really fixing themselves and doing the work into making themselves desirable to females. Like I, I know a lot of dark skin I have a lot of home dark skin homeboys, a lot of light skin homeboys. My light skin homeboys they don't do anything to change themselves. They always stay the same no matter where they go through everything. And they they dog women. They dog women. And I know that for a fact because I've seen them do it. Like, dang, but y'all really treat them bad. Like, well, they're going to keep coming back anyway. Oh. And so, as well as dark skin, they really do go through changes. So, like, they've been bullied before. So, they uh, worked out. They got the ways. They got the mm. style. They got the swear. All that. They did all of that and built themselves better to be desirable to women. Most of them have become trash in that process, but most have come out on the other side as the good guys. And so I understand that whole like light skin versus dark skin chokes. So I understand yeah. why women want dark skins. I get it. I I understand. I if I was a girl, I would not want light skin man because it is not it's not case. Now as far as red skin man, like yourself, quite like I've never met a bad red skin guy. Um so if you like I say in my naked woods you wouldn't be considered somewhat light skin, you'd be considered brown skin in my naked woods. So like when I say light skin, I do mean like Someone of a lighter, lighter tone, like someone who can wipe past something like that. Yeah. That's my, that's my, my uh, perception of light skinned people. Yeah. And so, like, don't, don't miss the word. Don't miss. Don't let think my word is like this. I think that's just my experience. People that can pass as white are used to more trash than guys that aren't. So this is like that's just the way it goes. And I really just wonder about like when you were talking about men and body type. I do think that like I notice sometimes that like women, well, with women, okay, because I feel like this comes from fat phobia, but women who are bigger are seen as more masculine in some sense. But I feel like also for men, it's flipped because. Most of the men I know who are bigger, everybody thinks that they're effeminate. And so I really wonder about how that works, you know? But I guess it's because oh, I, I can tell you it's the titties. <laughs> Ryan. Can you, can you elaborate? Oh, so, okay. So, like, okay. So, bigger men have titties. I mean, it's just going to be this, this is going to get put out there in the open like that. But, you know, it's not, and it's not like to say, like, it's wrong to be. Be it, like you enjoy who you are, never let somebody tell you otherwise. Like you're still beautiful, all that stuff. That, that's not what I'm saying. But it, but talking to women, they don't like big guys because of that. You know, they don't like thicker men. Um, I don't know why they like really, really scrawny men. They don't like like in between dudes, like you know, who has like some weight of a thickness, but also like still toned up mostly, whatever. But they want they. It's either one or the other. Like they really want really scrawny guys, or they really want big guys. But they don't want. Most part, they don't want the big guys to like. I don't want him to have bigger titties than I do. Like you know, what I'm saying? Like and so like you know, and you know, everything I'm telling you is like Birmingham perspective. So you gotta yeah, blame yeah. it on the environment I'm raised in. That's just how we are. Like we real, <laughs> we real, real like bullies. We are bullies. I will say, but we are great people in the end. We are good people. Like we do like 
we're very much a promotion like you know you enjoy your body how you are like it is mm-hmm. what it is like you know what I'm saying we may make jokes and everything but at the end of the day we do that because we want you to have tougher skin so that when somebody else makes jokes about you it just roll off your back yeah and so you just feel better about yourself all the time so like worry about oh what does somebody got to say this about me or they say about that about me type deal you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and so that's why we kind of have that mentality like you know I'm gonna tell you the jokes as a friend, mm-hmm. so that some as an enemy they can't hurt you. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing, you know what I'm saying? Because I at the end of the day, it's all love in my book. Like yeah. I like you for who you is anyway. Like we still friends at the end of the day. Like you can crack on me, I crack on you. That's just how it mm-hmm. goes. That's how we build the bond. Yeah. Because um, we both got each other back, even though we talk a lot of shit about each other. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we. Mm-hmm. That's how we see things. Also. I don't know if we can say this on here, but I'm black and it's black history. Man. Shout out all my Alabama niggas because y'all <laughs> definitely put me through the ringer. Oh my goodness. When I met y'all, shout out to Alyssa and Les and Ryan, bro. I love y'all. But yes, what Ryan is saying is true about Alabama people. Because when I met them, oh, I came in all, oh my goodness, blah, 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 blah. And they just shut it down. Like, mm. So my friends would be like, you know, Camille's feelings are hurt. They'd be like, she be all right, big dog. She gonna move on. And, and <laughs> she now, does. she does. Every time she does. It's just, it's yo, like, you know, we just, you know, we we have a mentality of like, you know, what I'm saying, when there's a key, it does make you stronger. So it's like, you know, you either come out fine or you kill yourself. I think it was interesting also to hear Ryan talk about regional differences because I feel like it gave me more perspective because I feel like where I was growing up at, like, okay, one day I went to go get my nails done, right? The Asian guy who was doing my nails was like, because I wanted to get yellow on my feet or something, which he had to call me out, okay? <laughs> this man was like, you sure you want to get that? Because you real yellow. And <laughs> oh, no. And like this. And I was like... I was like, uh. <laughs> and then like in my family, oh my gosh, my mom would say this all the time. When we ever we went to go get our nails done, it'd be me, my mom, and my sister, and they'd be like, and sometimes we sit and they, and my mom would be like, look, we're all in order. Camille's the yellowest, you in the middle, and then and then I'm on the end because I'm brown skin. And I'd be like, bro, we used to rag my mom about that because she'd be like, I have brown skin and y'all so yellow, and I'd be like, no. <laughs> Well, my mom used to talk about like, oh yeah, I just got the yellow, y'all got the darker skin ever, and I'm just the best, and y'all are so yellow, and I'd be like, dang, bro. Like, <laughs> when I got older, I was offended. I was like, dang, because I didn't even choose to be this skin tone. Like, you mm-hmm. bear some light bright, and that's why I'm like this. My dad is not even that light skin. He's like Kamari's. But like, my mom would be like, y'all yellow, and I'd be like... <laughs> that is so funny. That's like one of the first times I'm hearing they go from like a darker skin to a lighter person rather than a light person. Be like, dang, you dark. Because <laughs> it's always you dark and not, ooh, you light. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> say, say they trash. I don't like them. I really like y'all. Y'all know what I'm saying. Like, I me and light skin. Like, the light skin person just run over your mom or something. No. <laughs> she just, just, I just, day. I do have, I do have baby shoulders. Like, cause they, they're terrible people. Like, okay, I'll tell you the story. Okay, the story. So, so what happened was, okay, so I was in school, right? So what happened was this man, this dude, uh, I'm going to change his name to, to Josh. No, no, I ain't say Josh. Cause somebody know what Josh. Um, <laughs> Christian. Is it his name? I know Christian. No, his oh. name. 
I don't care. I don't even care about the dude. I don't Call like him. Jalen. His name is Jalen. So anyway, so Jalen was this dude. Uh, he was in middle school. I met him. Around, and we was friends at first, right? And so like, what happened was he dated this really. Uh, he dated this girl who, you know, just happened was not good at school. I'm just gonna say it like that. She just wasn't good at school, or whatever. And so, you know, everybody's cracking about it, whatever. And I said something about it at some point. You know, and I said we friends. So like, I feel like I could joke with you, and it would be fine. You know, like I said, like I know her too. Like we, me and her friends as well. So I can, I've cracked on her before. She's cracked on me before. This is how it was. And so I said somebody. He's like, man, why you ain't got no hoes? I said, okay, all right, fine, so bitch, you know. So that that just kind of started our little feud or whatever that happened to it. And, you know, of course, I showed them up after school. I showed them all my hoes after school. <laughs> but nevertheless, so we get to, so fast for like two, three weeks, whatever. And uh, me and him got into altercation. So what happened was uh, we was in lunch line. And my homeboys are assholes because they did this. They they told me, they're like, Ryan, he called you ugly. I said, ugly? He called me ugly. So I slapped him. <gasps> and so, you slapped him? Yeah, I slapped wow. him. And so... I slapped him. I slapped him. Slap him. So, and we got a little altercation, or whatever. But after that, he just, you know, it was just like, but before that, he was talking a lot of like smack to me, like on the low type. The kind of learned is after I slapped him, everybody was telling me like all the bad things he said. Like, damn, right? I was wondering when you were going to slap him. But he was best. He was talking shit about you all the time. Like, what did he say? He's like, you know, he's like, I hate that short nigga. You know what I'm saying? I don't like him. Da, da, da. He just, you know, talking to us, man. You know what I'm saying? He started a rumor. He started, some, he started a lot of rumors about me and all that. So it's just terrible. I'm like, mm-hmm. you just terrible, man. You could just talk to me from the jump. We've been all right. We've been fine. You know what I'm saying? But he did. So he didn't have the balls to stare me. And so, like, another another incident, I had a light skin. Uh, he tried to take my girl. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Brother, you know, so, like, uh, he tried to take my girl. And... It was the fact of him trying to take her was the disrespect. Because, like, you know me. Like, it's not like you don't know me. Like, you used to, you know what I'm saying? So, you try to take my girl, whatever. And I, you know, I'll confront him. I'm like, dude, why you try to take, you know what I'm saying? I try to take my girl, da da da. We end up just having an argument, whatever. He didn't do nothing, you know what I'm saying? I just let that go. So, you know, I have bad actors who light skinned people. And then, of course, like I said, I know a lot of homeboys who treated women really bad. And I told him, like, you shouldn't be treating her like that, my man. Like, she's actually a pretty good girl, da da da. They didn't care about nothing. They didn't hear nothing I was saying. They were just trying to get some and go about their business, whatever. And so, like, I've had a lot of bad experiences with light skinned dudes. And so, I don't fool with them. And most of them are bougie dudes anyway. Like, they don't like, they like they're just more better than everybody else around them and stuff. Most of the time, they're not. Like, they be going through a lot of different problems and all that stuff. Like, I don't know how you can talk about anybody else in a situation that you're in, but it is what it is. And so, I just dealt with a lot of, you know, craziness. That's why I don't really fool with light skinned. And then it turns like light skinned women. Like I fooled with them a little bit, but at first I didn't because one of them, um, she did this me. She did me bad. Like she really did me bad. She had no business doing me like that. But she did me bad. Like she, I wrote her a note. I wrote her, you know, a little, you know, yes, no note. Time, you know, go out with me, type mm-hmm. whatever. So, you know, I wrote a little Shout note, whatever. Right, so, you know what I'm saying? I went, I wrote a little note, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so I sent it to her. I do. Send it to her friend and send it to her. And so she's gonna bear me in front of the guy. She's gonna get up. She said, Why is ugly? Why is Ryan ugly ass sending me a note talking about would I be your girlfriend? Hell no, I'm gonna be your girlfriend. It's gonna throw the book. No, yeah. So that was cussed out. Right, right, right. Pretty much. That was the origin of the both of us. So, like, the dude, that's why I hate dudes. That's why I kind of hate some of, some of the females. I have met great light skinned uh, females. Women, sorry, women and young ladies and stuff like that. So I'm not like disdaining all of them, but the dudes, I only met a couple of handful that I really fooled with. So I really, so I really don't even fool with them like that, like that. So yeah, so that's how I did. So that's how my 
disdain for them happen. So I don't. So that's just how it, that's how it works. So like I said, though I said, it's based about sometimes Kobe is just based about experience mm-hmm. with people had with other folks, and it's just like you know if everybody just treated everybody good, everybody it would be no hate. That's mm-hmm. kind of my philosophy. So like you know, so I try to treat everybody as good as possible. Yeah. Until I really get to know you, then I get to know you. And that is what it is. But with ice I don't even try to. No, I just don't trust them. I just want to say I'm sorry that you went through that, and I'm hoping that one day you find like you know what I'm saying somebody who fits that like um that physical description and like treats you better so that they can like you know what I'm saying affect it because I, I hate mm-hmm. that because the thing is like you're not wrong for feeling that because there's this thing called like the theory of first impression mm-hmm. like the first time you encounter something after that you're gonna think that the same thing is gonna happen over and over because you experienced that mm-hmm. so I'm just hoping like somebody of that same skin tone of the same light skin you know some some treats you right so that you can see that because I'd hate for you to go about life you know having that way about light skins mm-hmm. yeah i also wonder how much of our uh i guess like attraction is um founded by the people who raised us or like mm-hmm. who we know because i feel like for me well like okay i grew up with my parents basically so i was nine my parents were divorced or whatever so like a lot of my i guess father figures were like my mom's brother um who else like my mom's brother like my granddad you know and I remember, like, asking my dad growing up, because, like, my mom's brother, my uncle, or whatever, is Omega. He always had tattoos. He was always buff. Like, you know, he was a hood dude. And that dude was cool. Like, I thought he was so cool. And I still feel that way to this day, you know? And so I remember asking my dad one time, I was like, man, you so weak. Where got tattoos at? Because <laughs> Uncle Allen has, he's buff. He in the street. He's Omega, like. I mean, my uncle was in the street. You know, he had, like, the persona. Mm-hmm. He was cool to me because he had the tattoos. He always listened to cool music. Like, my uncle, shout out to him, man. He put me on Rihanna, like, Wale, <laughs> like, Chris Brown. My dad was just in the car. Melodies from heaven. <laughs> like, so I was like, man, you're so lame, bro. Uncle Alan showed me all this stuff. Or whatever, and I remember, like, I was like, where are your tattoos? You are lame, bro, because Uncle Alan over here is doing all this, like, and so I just wonder how much of my perception and, like, me liking, I guess, like, darker-skinned black men was shaped by, like, people like that, like my uncle, you know? Because mm-hmm. I feel like my uncle, in a way, was the standard because, like, he was also a huge fan of Tupac. So when mm-hmm. I saw Tupac, I was like, that's my type of dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's a theory. Uh, it's a criticism um, <clears throat> that I read in English um, where it's the, it's the idea that... Um, for guys, their father is their worst enemy, their mother is what they desire. That's why most dudes are mama boys. Mm-hmm. Most of them go out of that and the others don't. It just depends on how you know you attract, whatever. But um, and it's the same thing with women, like they look to their fathers as being their first questions. Like their fathers are their first questions, whereas guys their mothers their first question. Whoever mm-hmm. whatever is that, whoever is that to you. And whatever qualities they have, you look for that in other people. And that's just mm-hmm. how that, and that's the whole idea. Like you become your parents because you you try to emulate all the qualities mm-hmm. that they have that you enjoy into yourself and then same uh, and then hopefully you try to find that your partner, or whatever. For me, it's kind of odd because my mom is light skinned. So it's really odd that I don't don't really like light skins. Mm-hmm. Um and it's kind of an odd situation with that. And so like it's and it, it always kind of like made me laugh. I'm like, Mama, I would never date. Some of your skin tone. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I wouldn't date nobody with your skin tone, but I like you though. Like you, like you're amazing, and that's why I don't like. That's why I, I won't say all light skins like that because I would. I do like. I have met some really nice light skin mm-hmm. people. 
Mm-hmm. And I think because she is light skinned, that's why I have more of an acceptance of light skinned women mm-hmm. in terms of light skinned men. Because only light skinned men I had really, really bad experiences with. Mm-hmm. But in terms of women, it's only that one experience with that girl that really was the problem. So, like, mm-hmm. some of them are still cool with her. So, it is that theory that, like, you know, whoever your father or mother is, mm-hmm. depending on who you is, depending on what sex you are, that's who you quality. And the same thing for our LGBTQ people, like, it's, same, it's just the opposite. Like, your mother's your worst enemy. Um, whereas your father is the crush type deal, whatever, however mm-hmm. that goes for your for your sexual orientation, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and it's you know, it's it's really interesting in terms of it made me realize like a lot of things that I want in my significant other. Mm-hmm. I am emanating from like my mother. My mom's insane something for my father. Like I didn't like my father for a lot of for a long time. I did not like that man for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I understood why. I after reading on the skate, I kind of understood why I didn't like him, but now it's like we have a great relationship now, um, because I kind of going out of that. So you mm-hmm. know, so it, was, it was really interesting to see like that explanation for things. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like one thing going back to what Ryan was talking about, this is kind of different. It's not about um attraction, but I guess like Ryan had a first impression, and so it just kind of stuck with him. And I feel like I can relate to that. So like. Growing up, um, well, I grew up in two different places. So I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina until I was nine. And then I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina for the rest of my time. And like when I went to, when I moved to Greenville, it was way more, definitely there were way more white people. Like at least in my neighborhood, it was really diverse. But when I moved to Greenville, I was like the only black family living in my neighborhood. And so like when I started going to school, it was like 70% white on top of that. Now my middle school was really diverse. Like it was kind of like my neighborhood makeup in uh, Charlotte. I went to high school. It was not like that at all. And I've been in honors class since I was in sixth grade. So then when I went to high school, I got put in AP classes, you know. And I really realized, like, I didn't get to interact with a lot of Black people like I wanted to when I was in high school. And when I did, it was mostly just, like, Black men. So I had a lot of Black guy friends. But when it was, like, interacting with Black girls, most of it would be, like, because, I mean, I don't know. Also, it came back to my color. And they were like, oh, you like skin in your AP classes. So you're definitely not like us, you know. So a lot of times it was like, I know in ninth grade, like in my history class, I had to come all the way up to the school because I was being bullied in my class. What? And so then I didn't even attend my history class. What I did was I come to the history class, the teacher would give me my work and I do my homework in the, my work in the library separate from the whole class because I got bullied every day when I came that is or whatever. So sad. Yeah. And so I feel like that kind of, um, I don't know, made my perception in a way. Like, I, I was like, I just get along better with black guys because they're not so catty and they just accept me for who I am. They really don't care. And all the times, I don't know, that was true for me. Like, the black dudes, they did not care, bro. As long as you could play basketball or you were cool, they did not care what you did, you know? But a lot of the black girls who I was in contact with, like, in my school, like, I really wanted to, what the world? I really wanted to be friends. Oh, okay. But I really wanted to be friends with them and, like, you know, be able to do girl things with them. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't do it with my guy friends. But a lot of the friends I tried to make, it was like, nah, you too white or you too this or you too that. And so we don't want to interact with you. And, like, I remember I had this one um, experience where, like, the same girls who were bullying me, we were talking about rap one day or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love some rich homie Quanit. And they were like, you listen to our music? They were like, oh, you are black. And I was like, yeah, and it was like, after that, they kind of stopped bothering me. But it turned out that a lot of people who bullied me or whatever for stuff like playing basketball or being too white, 
when I got older, like 12th grade, they were like, you know, we gave you a hard time since middle school, but you cool. And I saw one of the girls who used to bully me end up getting cancer. And then I ended up helping her out or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> dang, bro, like she got nasal cancer my senior year. So we were managing the basketball team together. And then after she got cancer, the whole time I was helping her out. She was like, you know, I realized you were cool and I gave you a really hard time. And I was like, dang, bro. So I feel like definitely when I got to college, I was like, I want to like have this black girl community because that's the people that I've been looking for, blah, blah. Like I found those black girl friends, but it was nice because I didn't have that in high school. Like I always mm. wanted to have that community and I never did because I was excluded because it was like, you're too white, you're too smart. We don't get along with you, blah, blah. And so like, I was glad to come to college and like nobody really judged me for being smart, you know, or like being mm-hmm. smart or like having good grades. Like nobody perceived me as I wasn't black enough because I made good grades or I was yeah. in AP classes. And so I just really appreciate that, like coming to college because I also feel like um, what Ryan was talking about, like, our parents shape who we are. And yeah. so growing up, I was a daddy's girl. And so my dad, like all his values, he passed on to me, mm-hmm. you know? And so my dad always taught me to be more tough and stuff like that. And so I feel like, um, not that, I mean, like I've always been a girl, but I feel like what black dads do to teach your sons about being masculine. Mm-hmm. My dad didn't have boys, so he taught me mm-hmm. how to be tough and be masculine and not trust people or whatever. So I feel like um, as I become a dog, I've been kind of like, um, I guess like reconnecting more with that femininity, not in the um, way of like gender, but I guess about acting, mm-hmm. I guess like not being so masculine, but letting people like get close to me and trusting other people. I feel like I've been reconnecting more with that. And I feel like in turn, it's helped my dad be a little bit more feminine, not feminine, but like vulnerable, mm-hmm. I guess, because he doesn't talk about his feelings. But when I do, it lets him be a little bit more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So like just having those conversations with your parents as you get older, like I talked to my dad the other day and I was like, you know, I've been going through this stuff, man. Like, I've been healing this way. And he was like, wow. Like, he was like, I could never blame you for that because, like, you're my seed. So if I hated you, I'd be hating myself. Mm-hmm. But, like, my dad never says stuff like that just out in the open. You have to be born with him for him to say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like not only has he been reconnecting, I guess, in some ways with vulnerability, I feel like I've been connecting to my femininity more because I've been, uh, I guess, emotionally, like, tough and masculine yeah. all my life. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to point out like two things that you mentioned. One mm-hmm. um <clears throat> is like how you mentioned in high school, you know, the girls were like either you too smart or you too white mm-hmm. just because you know you would take AP classes and you were smart. But I was thinking like, dang, when I was in high school, I wanted to like be a part of the cool people. And they were all black. Most of them were mainly black and they mm-hmm. were usually the troublemakers, people who cussed a lot, people who got kicked out of class, people who were picking on other people, certain things like that. And it's weird that sometimes we put ourselves in that position, especially like when it comes to the school bus, we all mm-hmm. wanted to sit in the back of the bus. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody wants to sit in the front. And no, so it's just real. like, you know, if you're in the back, we used to be rapping. We used to be making jokes about each other. I would sit in seat eight because if you sit in the seat 12, oh, it's brutal. <laughs> so I'd sit in seat eight <laughs> specifically. And the second thing, I know we're running out of time. Can we talk about like black card one day? you know, getting your black card, getting mm-hmm. your black card revoked, because that needs to be talked about. Yeah. And I feel like also, just like what you were talking about as a bus, I'm so glad I grew up in like 2014, like where music was at an all-time high. Like, I got on the bus, and I feel like that's like riding the bus is where a lot of my, I guess like the beginnings of like me being uh sheltered, I guess, started to go away. Because mm-hmm. when I got on the bus, people were wilding out at 8 in the morning, bro. Like, <laughs> 
they were getting in fights playing rich homie crime that's the first time i heard young thug like, i was like okay this is kind of lit you know like <laughs> i came into middle school with a whole different persona and i left a whole different person you know so i really appreciate those like foundational you know like not being all around the goody two shoes but i guess like now that I am more radical, it helped me think about like looking back on it, why we think some people, like most of the dark skinned people are more hood or like they're not good in certain ways. Like it really made me think about that, like how much colorism, white supremacy has played into how we view other people. Mm-hmm. You know, because I remember like at my school, there was like, okay, we were at this basketball game, right? And I was coaching the game or whatever, you know, and it's like um it was this school, Carolina High, which is mostly black. Or whatever, right? So they came with all their like good music and they had a dope step team. And our step team was trash, bro, because it was a whole bunch of white people. But I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say they had no rhythm. But like they came or whatever, you know, and a fight broke out because all the white people started talking trash to Carolina. Oh, they weren't going for it. So like they shut down the whole game. The police had to come because mm-hmm. Carolina went and fought my white school, you know. I remember that and that said they were like, Did you see all those dark skinned and they were so ghetto blah 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 i had never seen teachers talk about stuff like that but it was the teachers and they were like you see those dark skinned black people they just blah 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 and so it really made me think about how many notions of like being hood is wrapped up in people's skin color mm-hmm. but like i really am thankful that i was able to come to college and just like meet people who wanted me to be on my stuff and like didn't care about if i was smart and they thought i was cool because you know they were kind of going on the same path as me but I definitely feel like my friends who did grow up in like rougher environments or weren't so sheltered also helped make me a more like well-rounded person, you know? Cause like going back home with my family, they're like, dang, every time Camille come home, she got a new alteration. She got tattoos. <laughs> she got her nose pierced. She cut her hair off. What the world is going on, you know? But it's nice to be able to change their perception. Cause now like, I don't know, when I ride around, I got black tinted windows. I got my music banging. I can't even hear people like rolling up to the window next to me. Like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I want to get a grill. My parents are like, what in the world is going on? But like, it's just nice to be able to change the perception and like have my tattoos and like all this stuff to kind of change the perception of like, okay, like, you know, because before it was like, are you doing good in school? What's going on? You keep on tattooing your body. Do you need to go to therapy? Do you like cutting? Like, oh. you know, it was all kinds of stuff. Like, my mom was like, do you like cutting? Is that why you keep on doing tattoos or whatever? But it was just nice to be able to like change your perception. Like, Okay, Camille can have tattoos and she can do this, but she can also like you know still be a good student. Yeah. So I wanted to bring the conversation to a point where we talk about kind of like a resolution or what can we do, except for Ryan, to stop colorism. Wait a minute. But kind of like a call into action and how we can. I know we. I know the four of us alone can't get rid of colorism. It's mm-hmm. too skin deep. See what I did there. Ooh, it's just like too. It. Okay, it's too embedded within our society to erase it completely. Maybe mm-hmm. not in this generation, at least. Mm-hmm. So, what are you guys doing specifically, except for Ryan, to <laughs> end colorism? So not end colorism, like but exclusion. to combat we colorism. So yeah, what can we do and what are you guys doing to kind of combat colorism? Uh, My little brother, he's like eight. And ever since he was five, he would say, oh, I don't like dark-skinned women. I don't like black women. I'm like, you're five. You, why are you so worried about the skin tone of this person? Like, you can like whoever you want. He's like, oh, I only like light-skinned. I'm like, 
and it really hurt me because like you're too young to be saying that and it really goes to show how deep this stuff runs within us i don't know where he even got it from but anyways i always tell him that like hey you can like whoever you want you don't have to just exclude dark-skinned women you know and also like when you hear conversations with your family people talk about some oh that's she's too dark i'm like don't say that that's not nice like Mm -hmm. no one's too dark no one's too light or even with some people in my family like oh kamari you and your sister are the only ones who got the good hair i'm like that's not true all hair is valid like Mm -hmm. i called him out on it because it's just toxic and it's creating more division so that's what i do to kind of Mm -hmm. eradicate it per se i can't get rid of it by myself but that's what I do to try to maybe if I can at least change somebody's mind. I've mm-hmm. done something. Mm-hmm. So I guess we can go like around and say what go we do. Sure. I go last. We're gonna skip over. So I really just even commend you for bringing up that resolution aspect instead of just kind of like dwelling in the in the hurt. Mm-hmm. Um I definitely say education changes a lot. Um, I mean, the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So what you don't know can honestly lead to your death. So I really feel like calling out kind of what you said, calling out the things that we notice. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's hidden in media and hidden in TV. And so I feel like when you see it, especially like when you see it on commercials, when you see it on TV, um, call it out, especially to the, the younger people who are like, who are so like blind to these things to like mm-hmm. little kids. Cause I'm surprised a five-year-old is talking about, you know, wanting a, to date you fine. You shouldn't be thinking about dating. So uh, I think it really just comes with education. And for me, one thing that just comes to mind is whenever I was younger, my teacher once asked me on the last day of school, what do you want to be? And I was like, I want to be light-skinned. Oh and God. of course, I said it as a joke, but oh. I was going through my Snapchat <laughs> memories and I said quite often. And so I'm like picking up on the repetition and I'm like, that's something that I didn't even know was a, was a subconscious thing that I'm like, well, I want to be mm-hmm. light-skinned. I want to be fair-skinned. So I think it, it just... It starts off with you being aware of your own beauty because now I love my color. I hate mm-hmm. that the winter takes away from the sun-kissedness of my skin. <laughs> but it, it starts with loving yourself and then it goes with the education. Mm-hmm. So you can't educate somebody on what you don't know. So educate yourself by being aware. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say for me, I go back to a lot of what Kamari said. I do think that there's power in just having conversations with people and calling out things because I feel like also, like, especially with us being in college, like, I don't know how it is for y'all, but I feel like when I go home, I'm reteaching my family a lot of things, like, are teaching them new things? Because I know, like, my family, and I'm like, dang, this is how I'm going to be when I'm older. I hope not, because (laughs) a lot of them are like, oh, my gosh, there's so many new concepts that I have to learn, and blah, blah, (laughs) I'm sure that's how their parents felt at some point, but I feel like it's not that the concepts are new, they just have a name now. Like, mm. like I feel like fat phobia, anti-blackness, all these things have been around forever, but they just have names now. Like the paper bag tests or whatever used to be like if you were lighter than a if you were darker than a paper bag, you couldn't get into places. So like colorism has been around for a long time. It just has a name. Ooh, that's mm. good. Yeah. Okay, now to <laughs> right, right. Go ahead. Uh, hey, I, I am. <laughs> um, oh my so for me, I um, I definitely come back covers just because I, the way that I do it is just simple. Like I try to understand, I try to remember that not all experiences equate to the same experience. So like, mm-hmm. yes, I do have a disdain for light-skinned people. 
I'm gonna stand on it. I'm gonna die on that hill. I already know that I am. (laughs) But but I also understand that not all of them are the same, and so I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I just do it cautiously. That's all. So as soon as you show me your true colors, then it just makes me, you know, I already know what's gonna be happening. So I just, you know, I just go with the flow with this stuff. So I don't trust. I don't particularly trust them all the way, but I do give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, As far as dark skinned people, like I'm very open for dark skinned people. Some of them, like I said, you know. I have problems with them a little bit sometimes. It just depends on how, you know, the interaction happens. Like, I always try to remember that every experience is different from another experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I may have a bad experience with dark-skinned people over here. I might have a good experience with a dark-skinned person over here. Same thing with light-skinned people. Like, if I have a bad experience with a light-skinned person, well, you know, same whatever. Brown-skinned people, I've always had a good relationship with brown-skinned people. I don't, I don't know why. We just, this is what smoothly with brown-skinned people, whatever. Um, but anyway, I try to do it just remembering that, and I also try my best to make sure that other people understand that too. Because, like, like I said, like it is a Birmingham thing where um, coloring is very rooted in us. Like we are somewhat colorists. Like the the whole you know city of Birmingham, like the whole city of Birmingham, but most of the city of Birmingham are pretty colors. Um, that's also because a lot of white people are trying to move in and stuff like that. So we really get like you know. A little bit, you know, offensive with the white people and so like anything like light skins are trying to be like the white people and all that stuff. You know, it's it's a lot, it's a whole lot and stuff. And so, um, but my main thing is like understanding that every experience is not the same, and I try my best to um, keep that in mind when I'm interacting with people. Um, I'm always I've always tried my best to never judge somebody based on what I don't know about them or what I haven't found out about them. So I do try to give them all the benefit of the doubt. Um, it's just when they show me the two colors, it's just, you know, what it is. It's just in my experience, statistically, light-skinned people have been bad experiences for me. So I've had bad experiences with them, so I don't like them. This is how it was. Um, whereas it's obviously with dark-skinned and brown-skinned people. But it's the same thing, like, with colorism, I think we just need to um, just make sure that we all just kind of understand that at some point it's not it's not a... Tomorrow fix is not a quick fix, sir, or whatever. You ain't gonna fix colorism in a day. You definitely not gonna fix it within yourself, within a day, within a year, or whatever. It takes a long time to get past it. Some people never get past it. Some people do. It just is what it is. Um, I just think people need to take every experience with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they need to trust people and give people the benefit of the doubt. And hopefully, hopefully not generalize people like i've done a little bit on this podcast but it is what it is it's okay uh, i'm gonna stand on that hill like i said i'm gonna die on that hill that is what it is and so that's my generalization but it is what it is um uh but yeah like i said i think it's one of those things where we should definitely take it one day at a time hopefully we all get to the point where we don't care what somebody looks like it's about how they treat you that matters in the end mm-hmm. um but like I said, it's gonna take a while. It's not gonna take it tomorrow. It's not gonna be tomorrow that we do it. It's not gonna be next week. It's not gonna be a year from now. But you know, it's what it is. We try our best and hope hope that we all get to the one point together. One thing I did think about just now is like my favorite movie growing up was Love and Basketball. So when I saw Q, that toxic ass movie, I didn't realize it was toxic since I was older. Yeah, that's your fault. Oh my gosh, Ryan. Anyway, mm. he said, well, that <laughs> you know what? <laughs> but I know when I saw Q, I do think that shaped a lot of my um, who I liked as a person too, because I played basketball since I was five, you know? And I don't know, I just feel like it shaped like who I liked as a person. Like, my first love was a basketball player. He was fine. Like, I 
got this man's jersey in sixth grade, and I wore that junk all the way to 11th grade, bro. Hey! And he had to ask me for it back. He was like, can I please have my jersey back? It's my brother's. You had this in fifth grade. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's my first love. And so I was like, I love his jersey. And mom would be like, what the world is going on? Like, I'd be coming home. I'd be like, I'm not going to say his name, but I'd be like, I saw this dude today, and he wore his hair braided. So guess what? I want to go to the hair salon. I want braids like AI. Can I do this? Because he has his hair like this. So I'll be like, what the world is going (laughs) on? Like, this man got his hair braided. I got my hair braided. He started wearing big earrings. I wore big earrings. Like, mom be like, what in the world? That's like, good stalkers. <laughs> I'm like, is he your crush or your role model? Yeah. <laughs> All of the above. Well, he was my friend, too. Oh, yeah. Did he know that's how you feel? Yeah, because I told him. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's Jacob Bellicare. I think he's still less talking. I don't know if he's a police report or Oh, no. I don't know what Well, this was when I was in middle school. By the time I got to high school, it was like, okay. Yeah, because also he moved schools when I was in seventh grade, so I didn't see him again until ninth grade or whatever. But when I was in sixth grade, oh yeah, I wore that man's jersey every single day or whatever. If he got his hair braided, I got my hair braided too because I wanted to look like him. It was like all kinds of stuff, but I just look back and I'm like, dang, bro, like that man will be the first love, my first love for the rest of my life, like. But yeah, why I brought up Love and Basketball is because I used to watch Love and Basketball every single day, like on repeat. Oh my god! Like I, I would go home and I watch it every day. Mom would be like, "You got a problem?" I'd be like, "When I want, when I go to college, I'm gonna recreate this scene. It's gonna be me, like Monica and Q." Yeah. 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 Final thoughts, people. I have a final thought. So for everyone in this room and everyone even listening to this, just remember, no matter how dark or light you are, your blackness is not up for a debate. No one can tell you how black you are. You can only do that to yourself. So just a little piece of advice from me. Yeah, I back up what Kamari has to say. And also, Ms. Gamble, shout out to her, says all the time, blackness is, mo- is not a monolith. Um, yes, I say the same thing as Kamari. Like, just know... You're the only one can really define your blackness. There's not just one concrete thing of what blackness looks like. And I feel like even though we kind of perpetuate that and also like society, just know that your blackness is valid too. Yep, yep, yep. It's your girl here, Sabrina, on the track. <laughs> no, but... Okay, um, ATL. <laughs> whoever is listening to this, whether white, black, you know what I'm saying, light skin, dark skin, you are beautiful. Even if you have multicolored skin, you are beautiful. And I just hope that you look in the mirror and see that in all of your nakedness. Don't let anyone say anything to you because you are beautiful regardless. Right? Are you, di- you dying on the hill? Oh, <laughs> Still do not like most like this. Hey, um, how we go from positivity to negativity? Yeah. <laughs> I never said I was doing it to accomplish anything. I was gonna die on that hill at the end. So it's what it is. I still don't like. <clears throat> I still don't like most light skins, but it is what it is. <laughs> I just hope that it, I just want and want to know that despite who you are, whatever you identify as, whatever, just you know, just treat everybody just nicely and with respect and you know we want to have like colorism racism and homophobia and all this stuff you know you treat people like you want to be treated and we won't have none of these problems you know what i'm saying but also just 
despite me saying I don't like most light skins, please understand that it's not a personal thing. It's not a generalized thing. It's a personal thing on my part. But that's my heel to die on. That's not yours. Don't worry about that. It is. Oh. What it is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, nevertheless, um, just respect yourselves and respect others, um, and enjoy whatever skin you have. Um, and you know, just make sure you just, you know, just make sure you, you treat people good. That's all I really can say. That's all I can say. Treat people good and love yourself. Because remember, Kanye loved us both. He loved dark skin. Let's not bring Kanye up to the. Time. <laughs> I was going to bring up one of Kanye's songs, but you know what I'm saying? We're just going to cut it off right here. So, all right, black people, good talking to y'all. This was Melanated Memos. Peace. Peace. Goodbye.